welcome to the episode three of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. I've got a little housekeeping for you before I jump into the best and worst fantasy matchups for the weekend. The Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast is now available on both iTunes and Google Podcasts, so please go ahead and subscribe on your iPhones and your Android phones. And please also rate and review. That really helps new podcasts like this one get off the ground. Meanwhile, if the podcast isn't showing up for you in a different platform where you'd like to listen to it, tweet me at Scott underscore Spratt, and I'll try to make that happen for you. Okay, with that covered, let's jump into the weekend preview, and let's get that started with quarterbacks. Here are my, my list of best quarterbacks for, for the week with, based on their matchups, so relative to their normal true talent. We have Ben Roethlisberger with the best matchup, then Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes. Starting with Ben Roethlisberger, he has much publicized home and road splits, and I think that might have been a factor for him last week playing against the Patriots. Obviously, the Steelers just didn't really look prepared, and the Patriots have a very good defensive secondary. But just generally speaking, Roethlisberger completes 3 to 4% more of his passes for 30 more yards per game and more than a touchdown more per game at home than on the road. So I think he's going to rebound quite nicely this week. Also facing the Seahawks, where... I think their reputation is very strong as a pass defense coming from the Legion of Boom days. Those Seahawks teams cut passing touchdowns by as much as 50%. But over the last couple of years, they've actually promoted passing touchdowns a little bit compared to an average team. And in week one, they were a better run defense, number two in run defense DVOA, compared to number 11 in pass defense DVOA. That was maybe a weird game against the Bengals, but I think I feel pretty good about Roethlisberger this week and have him in my top 10 at the position in PPR rankings. Cam Newton, uh, he's playing tonight, and he draws the Bucks defense that um, increases yards per attempt by 15% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 53%. Had a rough week one of it, too, but I think he should bounce back tonight and feel pretty confident in him. Moving down to Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he was limited to just 29 pass attempts against the Ravens last week. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Dolphins are, are not very good, and it could be a problem for them in general if teams go up big and then run to kill clock against them. But the Ravens seemed particularly equipped to do that and were able to get 46 carries against just 26 pass attempts last week. When Fitz threw the ball, he was fairly productive at 6.4 yards per attempt given that he was facing that, you know, really devastating Ravens defense. Not that the Patriots' pass defense isn't really good too, but I just feel like he's going to be better. He's going to get a lot of garbage time production, and I think he's usable in your deeper formats. Meanwhile, you've got Tom Brady um, facing off against those Dolphins. I think we were a little bit worried that without Gronk that he might fall back to a back-end quarterback one kind of range, especially given the age. But 341 yards and three touchdowns in week one, I think we feel pretty good about it, whether or not Antonio Brown plays. Meanwhile, the Dolphins, they promote passing yards per attempt by 20% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 72%. I think that's going to counterbalance whatever losses and pass plays you see if the Patriots go up later in the game. So Brady may get all of his production in the first half, but I think he'll be very good in fantasy this week. With Derek Carr, he completed 84.6% of his passes on Monday Night Football, which is 14.4% more than expected based on next-gen stats. I think he's going to get many more than the 26 pass attempts he had in Monday Night Football playing the Chiefs this week. The Chiefs increased pass plays by 16% compared to normal teams, and I know they're trying to, to sort of overhaul their defense, which really struggled last year, but one week, not so good, allowing Gardner Minshew 275 yards and two touchdowns in relief of Nick Foles. So I feel pretty good about having quarterbacks face off against the Chiefs, also getting some of that garbage time production like Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
And speaking of Patrick Mahomes, I was a little bit, you know, nervous, relatively speaking, for him last week, facing the the number one projected defense in DVOA in the Jaguars. He had zero problems with them, 378 yards and three touchdowns. Um, And he has a better matchup this week against the Raiders. The Raiders increased passing yards per attempt by 21% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 81%. So, you know, Mahomes may end up having fewer pass attempts, but in just 33 attempts last week, he was very productive. And I could see a similar sort of situation for him here. And then one more bonus guy I'll add here is Matt Ryan. Um, He actually barely missed the cut in my start and sit article, which you can check out on footballoutsiders.com. But he has the good matchup at home against the Eagles this week. And the Eagles, I think they're a scary defense in a lot of ways, but I'll dig in more into why I think Ryan is a good start this week when I talk about some of the receivers that also have, I think, a good matchup for him this week. Okay, pivoting to the worst week two matchups for quarterbacks, we've got Kyler Murray, Jacoby Brissett, Josh Allen, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Jameis Winston. With Kyler Murray, he had 54 pass attempts in week one, and I know overtime was was sort of irrelevant for that, but... um. I would just mention that with the air raid offense under Cliff Kingsbury, I think he may sustain a very high number of pass attempts per game. And, um, you know, I think he's probably going to be a a mid-tier QB2 for a lot of the year. But this week, you're definitely going to want to avoid him. He's in Baltimore. Baltimore cuts pass yards per attempt by 12%, um, passing touchdowns per attempt by 23%. And so I I think that makes Murray probably not startable this week, even in your deeper formats. But again, normally a wide receiver too for me, and I think he's got a lot of fantasy potential. With Jacoby Brissett, he looked very capable in week one uh, with a lot of surrounding talent. He's got that great offensive line to help him out, but he's facing the Titans defense that held the Browns in check in week one. And the uh, the Titans were actually second in DVOA defense after week one, just behind the Ravens, and just generally cut passing touchdowns per attempt by 18%. I think that's going to make Brissett a hard player to start, especially on a team that's probably more run focused. Um, so avoid him in fantasy and, and probably knock down T.Y. Hilton and the other pass catchers on that squad. With Josh Allen, he actually had 8.2 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road last season. But digging a little bit deeper into that, he had six of his rushing touchdowns at home and just two on the road, which I think may be a little fluky. So I'm not sure he's going to sustain that big split this year. He actually had the same interception rate at home and on the road. So again, I think that Allen may be a little bit more balanced this season. This matchup is a little bit of a, a quirky one to me because he's facing the Giants that looked really bad as a pass defense in week one. But they also promote rushing plays by 40% and cut passing plays by 15%. So Allen may be effective when he throws the ball this week, but may not have to throw the ball very often. So you may be swinging his fantasy value this week based on whether he runs in a touchdown or not. And obviously he's done that a lot as a starter. But I think this could be the week that Devin Singletary breaks out and has the big game. So I'm going to try to avoid Allen except in very deep formats this week. Then to finish off the quarterbacks, I'll go with Drew Brees and Jameis Winston, the NFC South rivals. They both have 4.2 fantasy points per game more at home than on the road from 2016 to 2018. And both of them draw a road start this week, uh, the former against the Rams and the latter against the Panthers tonight. And as such, they're both kind of in the back end of my QB2 range. And I think Brees in particular is a guy you're going to want to rely on at home. But on the road, if you can avoid them and play the matchups, I think that's the best way to use Brees in fantasy at this point in his career. And with Winston... You know, you're probably not going to start him after last week, but I definitely wouldn't do it on the short week on the road in Carolina. Pivoting to running backs, my best week two matchups are Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, Mark Ingram, James White, Nick Chubb, Damian Williams, and James Conner. With Josh Jacobs, very encouraging 23 of the Raiders' 26 running back attempts on Monday night, 
And that boosts him up to top 10 um, in my true talent running back rankings, getting that kind of workload. And I actually have him third this week facing the Chiefs. The Chiefs increase rushing yards per attempt by 18% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 72%. And even when Leonard Fournette was getting blown out last week, he had 13 carries with more than five yards per carry. So I feel like that's Jacob's probably worst case scenario and best case he may score multiple times. So I'm very pleased and, and want to use him in fantasy this week. With Damian Williams, he's on he's on the other side of that playing the Raiders. Uh, he the Raiders boost rushing um, plays by fourteen percent, rushing yards per attempt by nine percent, and rushing touchdowns per attempt by forty three percent. So very good matchup in that respect. And anyone who's a little bit nervous about Lashawn McCoy's involvement and in good play last week, I'll just point out that five of McCoy's ten carries came with the Chiefs up by three scores. I think Williams is more the the running back one on that team, and McCoy is more of a hand up uh, handcuff. Obviously, there'll be games where the Chiefs blow out their opponents, and frankly, this week could be one of those. And McCoy will probably get worked those weeks, but I think Williams is definitely a safe play and a good RB2 to use. With James White, I mean, he he may be sort of the centerpiece of the difficulty in figuring out which Patriots to start and sit on a weekly basis. And he kind of illustrated that perfectly last year against the Dolphins because the September matchup with them, he had 16 touches, 112 yards, and two touchdowns. And in the December matchup, just six touches, 28 yards, and no touchdowns. So if you're looking for a way to play matchups, that's probably not it. Um, but I will point out that over the last three seasons, White has scored pretty much three more fantasy points per game at home than on the road, which is actually a little bit counter to a lot of running back trends. A lot of receiving backs do better on the road, while a lot of run, running heavy running backs do better at home. So White shows the opposite trends, and that actually makes him a little bit better start for me this week. Although I think Sonny Michelle will also have a pretty good game against the Dolphins. With Nick Chubb, um, you know, he was in that Browns-Titans blowout last week, but still managed 17 carries and 75 yards. I think it's pretty clear that he's a true talent running back one as long as Kareem Hunt's out, which is for eight weeks. And with the Jets, I mean, they're facing the Jets this week. They looked much better on defense than I think last year in both what we predicted at Football Outsiders for this season. C.J. Mosley looked like a real kind of linchpin defensive player for them. But I'll point out that I think those improvements are probably going to be more on the pass defense side of things. They were number six on DVOA pass defense after one week and number 22 on run defense. So I think Chubb is actually going to be enjoying a much better matchup than he did last week against the Titans, who cut rushing touchdowns per attempt by 63%. And just to close out here with a guy that wasn't on the list, we've got James Conner. I mentioned with the James White thing that running backs who run the ball heavily tend to do better at home and with receive a lot do better on the road. But James Conner's a guy that is heavily involved on both sides of that. So I think he's going to be pretty matchup proof in general this season. Um, But again, I think he's going to be a good player to use this week. I think the Steelers just in general are going to perform much better at home. Pivoting to the worst running back matchups of the week, we've got Marlon Mack, Royce Freeman, um, Malcolm Brown, Latavius Murray, Frank Gore, and Philip Lindsay. With Marlon Mack, he actually gets the Titans that that Nick Chubb got last week. So he's a guy that obviously looked great last week, great offensive line that he's he's running behind. Normally he's going to be a running back one for me, but falls to the back end of running back two range for me this week. Obviously usable in all your normal types of leagues, but maybe avoid him in your DFS matchups. For Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay, they're at home, but they're facing off against the Bears. The Bears are the only defense that um, cut rushing touchdowns per attempt by more than the Titans do. They're at 50% reduction there. So that's pretty tough. Um, and I'll say in particular, I think Freeman is going to have the, the more difficult matchup as more of a touchdown score. Last week, Philip Lindsay ended up taking almost all of the passing down work for the Broncos. And I think he's going to be heavily involved as a receiver this season, which is going to make him a little bit less dependent on the matchup. And then in particular, facing against the Bears, 
the Bears defense is great in pretty much every respect, but they were quote unquote just the tenth best defense um, in DVOA against receiving backs in 2018, while they were top five against wide receivers at every position and tight ends. So it may be a very small weakness of the Bears team, um, relatively speaking, and that could make Lindsey usable. I have him 25th in PPR this week. With Latavius Murray, I thought he was going to be a little bit more involved in week one, just eight carries versus Alvin Kamara's 20. And with that split, I've dropped Murray to 44th in my true talent rankings, and he falls a little bit further this week facing the Rams because the Rams cut run plays by 8% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 10%. Facing off against them, we have Malcolm Brown, who I think surprisingly had two touchdowns last week with two goal line carries, none for Todd Gurley. And maybe that's going to be a way that Malcolm Brown is involved throughout the season, but he's still going to be kind of a matchups used guy because he's not going to be involved in the passing game. Gurley's just an incredible receiving threat. They brought in Daryl Henderson, the rookie receiving back. I think Brown is probably only going to contribute as a runner. And you've got the Saints who boost rushing touchdowns a little bit, but they cut rushing plays in general by 15%. So I think that if you kind of add that up, I think that's going to make it a little bit of a down matchup for Brown. Um, I'm happy to have him on my bench, but I'm going to wait and see a little bit before I use him. For the Bills, Frank Gore had more rushing work last week, 11 carries versus just four for the rookie Devin Singletary. But Singletary was actually on the field for 48 snaps versus just 19 for Gore. Gore just happened to run the ball on a lot of his plays. And I think that Singletary looked really good and is already being the passing down option, I think is going to very quickly end up being sort of the dominant running back for that team and get most of that work. So Gore, I don't want to start in general, and I'm not going to start him this week for sure. Singletary is someone you definitely need to pick up if he's still available in your leagues. Bonus running back here with a bad matchup, David Johnson facing off against the Ravens. I feel like it could be a very modest rushing day for him, but I'll point out too that he had six catches on seven targets last week and lined up as a receiver, um, either in the slot or out wide, more than 10 times for the week. So I think relatively speaking, he's going to be pretty matchups proof as a guy that facing those good run defenses will probably catch the ball a little bit more. And as such, he's 14th for me this week, so not too far of a fall for a guy facing what may be the best run defense in football. Let's head over to wide receivers. Uh, Best week two matchups, we've got Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyrell Williams, Calvin Ridley, and DJ Moore. I mentioned I was going to circle back to the the Falcons versus Eagles matchup. I have Julio as my number one PPR receiver, and Calvin Ridley as my number 11 PPR receiver, both guys that I want to use this week at home in the Dome in Atlanta. And that's a contributing factor. But I'll mention with the Eagles, they've traditionally had a very good pass defense, and it probably is the case that they will given the depth of their pass rushers. But week one, they were the fourth worst pass defense by DVOA against the Redskins and the third best run defense. It may be an anomaly, I'm not sure, but either way, the Eagles promote pass plays by 19% the most in football. So even if they're they're preventing the, the typical efficiency you would see from Matt Ryan or any offense they're facing, they're allowing more passing plays. And if the Falcons fall a little bit behind this week, I think they'll have better success than they did against the Vikings last time and, and grab some fantasy points for Ryan and for Jones and Ridley. With Juju Smith-Schuster, he's up to fifth in my PPR rankings this week. Uh, This is a lot of it. It's just about the Roethlisberger home and road splits. When he's at home, it sort of rises all boats, so to speak, for that offense. And I'm just, I think that they're going to figure it out. They've got a lot of talent on offense, even without Antonio Brown there. And speaking of without Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller, clearly the top two receivers for the Raiders. And given the dearth of skill talent otherwise on the team, I think they're going to be very usable, kind of like a, a wide receiver two and a tight end one pretty consistently this year. Facing the Chiefs this week, I think both of them are plus starts for the week. 
For the Panthers tonight, last week we had DJ Moore getting 10 targets versus just four for Curtis Samuel. I think there were a lot of people in either camp as sort of the breakout candidate this year. And I was kind of always more of a DJ Moore guy. And I think that split is going to be kind of typical for those two players. And Samuel is obviously a big play threat and could thrive even with a lower volume of targets. But DJ Moore, I think, is going to consistently be a top 20 wide receiver for me in my weekly rankings. And against the Bucks tonight, I think he's a very plus play. One extra guy I'll mention here, Devontae Parker. He just missed my list. Uh, he gets that extra garbage time scoring opportunities on, on the Dolphins. And as such, he's 41st in my PPR rankings this week. Um, I think he's probably the Dolphins wide receiver you're most likely to start in your deeper formats. But I'll also mention that I'm very bullish on Preston Williams' long-term potential. Maybe more of a keeper in Dynasty League play. I'm not sure I'm ready to rely on him in typical fantasy formats, but he's a big receiver that I think could score a lot in the future, has a, has a very bright future. For my receivers with the worst weekly matchups, we've got DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, Will Fuller, and Tyler Lockett. DeAndre Hopkins, he, uh, he falls, quote-unquote, again, to number 7th at the position in PPR. Teammate Will Fuller down to 44th this week in PPR. It's that Jaguars matchup, and I know that the Chiefs didn't really have any problems with them, but that's the Chiefs. I still feel like the Jaguars, Football Outsiders' number one projected DVOA defense, should have a very good pass defense, and maybe the mortal teams, of which pretty much everyone but the Chiefs are, uh, they'll have more trouble facing the Jaguars, and I think that may make it tough for those guys to have their normal great fantasy weeks. With Larry Fitzgerald, I think with the sort of revamped passing offense down there in Arizona, he's going to be back to being a high-end wide receiver too for me for a lot of weeks, but he falls down to 19th for me this week against Baltimore. So, you know, you can definitely use him, but I don't really want to use Christian Kirk, and I definitely don't want to use Keyshawn Johnson. Johnson actually had 10 targets last week and looked like he might be a fantasy usable player, but I think that he's going to lose that workload to Michael Crabtree now that he's integrating with the team. So definitely don't start Johnson unless we see that he continues to get workload in future weeks. The receiver that just missed this cut for me, Mike Evans. Um, I feel like he should swing less in the bad matchups than Jameis Winston does because when Winston throws those interceptions, they don't directly impact Evans' fantasy scoring potential. Um, but, you know, with teams that have a good pass rush, that could prevent accurate targets and it could cause problems like last week. Um, with Evans, last week he was questionable because he was sick, and I think that he should be fine for tonight. And so it's a bad matchup on the road, but I think 18th in PPR for the week, you're probably going to use him in your typical fantasy formats, just maybe not in your DFS lineups. Let's close things out with tight ends with the best matchups. We have Darren Waller, Greg Olson, Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz, and Mike Gesicki. Waller, I kind of mentioned this with Tyrell Williams, but looked amazing. He's got incredible speed. He's got receiver speed in, in a tight end body. I know that's sort of a typical thing you, you see from, from those types of guys these days, but looked explosive in week one and looked like one of the few good skill players on the Raiders. So I've moved him up to sixth in my true talent tight end rankings. Maybe a bit reactionary, but I would definitely pick him up if he's available in your league. Facing the Chiefs tonight, I think he's a must-start. Oh, tonight is actually, yeah, the, the Panthers game is tonight, and that's where you have Greg Olson. Nine targets in week one, looked kind of back to where he was prior to the multiple foot injuries. So I'm starting him, maybe, but again, he's questionable for tonight's game with a back injury. Glad to see that it wasn't a foot problem, but make sure that he's starting before you put him in your fantasy lineups tonight, but could be a good play if he makes it into the, into the lineup. With the Steelers, you've got Vance McDonald. Again, I think the Steelers are going to do much better this week. And I'll mention that for the Seahawks, who were just one of the premier teams defending the tight end for years, fell back um, a little bit over the last year or so, kind of more middle of the pack. And as such, I think McDonald is a fine start at 11th at the position for me this week in PPR. 
And with Austin Hooper and Zach Ertz, they're playing each other this week, and I think that's a good matchup for both teams. The Eagles and Falcons are both bottom 10 in defensive DVOA against tight ends in 2018. So get those guys in your lineup. Ertz, you'll never sit, but Hooper is a good play this week too. And then closing it up with the worst matchups for tight ends for the week, O.J. Howard, Trey Burton, Eric Ebron, and Jack Doyle, and then Jared Cook. The Panthers were top five in defensive DVOA against tight ends last season, so that makes it kind of a relative bad matchup for O.J. Howard, but I actually think that Howard is mostly matchups proof and is so good that you're probably not going to bench him, just maybe not a great DFS option for you this week. Uh, For the Bears, Trey Burton missed last week, and I don't love him if he plays this week against the Broncos. Ebron and Doyle, I think, are going to sabotage each other's fantasy value this year, both splitting time on the Colts and with the Colts being more run-focused in general without Andrew Luck there. And the Titans were the number two DVOA defense against tight ends last year. And then finally with Cook, he really wasn't as involved in week one with the Saints as I expected. Um, And so, I mean, Ted Ginn had seven targets. It was really more of a thing with the wide receivers and obviously with Alvin Kamara. And so as such, I've kind of lowered him back to the back end of my tight end twos just in general. And we'll see if if that turns around for them in the future. But facing a Rams team that was number four DVOA defense against tight ends last year, you're definitely not going to start Cook this week. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Again, we're available on both iTunes and Google uh, Podcasts now, so subscribe, rate, and review. And thanks so much for listening to me. We'll be back next Tuesday looking back at, at the Week 2 games and giving you the uh, the best waiver wire pickups. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.